Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 65 with Mark Struteski, also known as Mr. Productivity, talking about gaining clarity and combating overwhelm. A lot of people don't have any clarity. They just go, well, I want to be an entrepreneur and yeah, I want to make a lot of money. Okay. Okay. That's not being clear. What do you want to do? Who's your target market? What products do you want to have? What are your passions? Like I can be on an audio podcast. I can be on a video podcast. I can write a blog post. I can go live. You know, what are your talents? And most people are just trying to live life in the moment. And you should be present, but you got to have some plan. And I believe everyone is called on this planet to do something. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today is on a mission to help 100 million solopreneurs conquer overwhelm by 2032. In addition to being a productivity expert, he's the host of the Mark Strzeski podcast and an online trainer. You can find out more about connecting with him and his mission to create confident leaders at MrProductivity.com. Without further ado, Mark Strzeski. Craig, thank you for the show. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here too. Now, did you come from an entrepreneurial background at all? Did anybody in your family have their own business? No, sir. I'm an only child. My mother worked like secretarial type jobs throughout her life. As I was going to school, she was doing the mom thing. My dad was a machinist at a steel factory. And when I say machinist, I don't mean that he got a piece of bar stock and put it in the NEC machine, press one, two, three, four, and sat down and read a book. My dad could read blueprints and I'm really proud of what my dad, he's so smart and he's taught me a whole bunch about how to live life. Uh, sounds like you had a good upbringing and a good family. I did. So now how did you get your entrepreneurial start? So to speak, <laughs> I was fired back on July. I don't know the date, but July, 2005, I was fired. Okay. I think it was time for me to go a long time ago, but I was like, you know, you get really comfortable. You get so many vacation days and you get benefits and all this stuff. And I really didn't like the job. And I think it took me getting fired. I didn't do anything really bad, like embezzle or, you know, something like that. But I think it was mama bird kicking me out of the nest and I didn't land on my back, you know, but kind of like a cat, I kind of landed on my feet. And I'm like, okay, now what happens? But I was able to figure out what to do. I made a ton of mistakes along the way, but I always stayed on my feet, which is always a good thing. Now, what were you doing prior to this? My technical term at the last job was inventory control coordinator. So basically what I would do is for a hospital and there the system would say there'd be 100 X on the shelf. The system said 95. I would have had to find out what happened to the five. And it's really a boring and tedious job because, you know, you have all these order pickers and stuff like that. I don't know what happened to the other five X's. I have no idea. So I didn't, I was in, in inventory management for about 12 years. I didn't like it at all. It was not glamorous, but it, it paid the bills, as they say. So why the name Mr. Productivity? Well, I wish I could say, Greg, I came up with that name myself, but that would be a lie. So there's this gentleman named Jeff Young on LinkedIn, and he followed me and started seeing all my posts. He goes, you know, you should call yourself Mr. Productivity. And he used the hashtag Mr. Productivity. And I'm like, 
is it, can I use that? Is it etiquette? Can I take it? He goes, sure. And then I realized that I started being guest on shows like yours, that telling people to go to markstuchowski.com. If you're not from Poland, you don't have a prayer going there. So I took the mrproductivity.com and I got a redirect. So when I'm on a show like yours and someone's out walking the dog or on their plane or whatever the case may be, if I say mrproductivity.com, if they don't go to MR, it's not MR productivity. It's the word spelled out. It takes you to markstuchowski.com. So when I see people in public from the stage or whatever that, I always tell them mrproductivity.com because then they can go, oh, I can get there. But markstuchowski.com, I can't. And so I just started branding myself as Mr. Productivity. Most of the things I talk about are how to be more productive. Okay. Now, how did you get into productivity? You know, how did you transition, I guess, with a better word or a better phrase? But- you know, I've been asked this question a lot, and I have to give credit to my mom and dad. My mom passed away in June of 2022 from Alzheimer's. And I was raised in a very structured home. So I used to come home from school at 3.30. Mom wouldn't come home to like 5. Dad would be home about 5.30. And before they came home, I had to have my homework done. I had to have my chores done, which included setting the kitchen table. I mean, there was no laziness a lot of my parents' house. Saturday mornings was chore time. You know, I had to do chore, clean my rooms, whatever the case may be, mow the lawn when I was old enough. And so I give credit to my parents of being so productive. I did not choose being Mr. Productivity. What happened was after I got fired, I was on a call with a coach, and I found out that I loved teaching and speaking, but I didn't know what my topic should be. And he says, well, why don't you talk about productivity? And I remember saying to him, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? And he goes, I know a lot of people and you are so naturally productive. You should share your gift with the world. And that's sort of what happened. Okay. So after that call and you made the decision to share your gift, what were your next steps? I then started making a whole bunch of mistakes. So I fell victim and I say victim, not that it's their fault. It's my fault to what I call the three C's coaches, conferences, and courses. I just started spending thousands of dollars on any course, any coach, any conference to go to. And I didn't take time to go. Are they going to be able to get me from A to B? And so I put our family into a financial bind because I, I wasn't careful with the money. I just thought there was magic of spending money on coaches, courses, and conferences. And they're all good, the right ones, the right coaches, the right courses, the right conferences. You just can't spend money and expect that you're going to kill it. And now what I do before I spend any money at all, my wife's not an entrepreneur. She sells uh, cruises for a living. I asked her, I said, hey, take a look at the sales page. What do you think? And I will trust her opinion because she's not in my world. And she'll come back and go, okay, I don't understand. What is the point of this? Or why do you want to do this? And now it actually, number one, saves us money, but it also saves me time. Instead of investing in something that's going to be an utter waste of my time and money, I listen to my wife. And if she doesn't get it, she says, I, because she knows a lot about the business. She doesn't help me in the business. If she doesn't get it, she goes, I, I don't get it. And I, and I will listen to that because if she doesn't get it, then if the person on the sales page doesn't clearly explain it to a non-entrepreneur like my wife, then I'm going to listen to that voice of reason. Yeah. Sounds like you're lucky in that way that I am as well. We've, got, we've both got a smart, you know, better half. So now what do you, who do you consider your target market or your ideal customer? 
I have a heart for solopreneurs. I am a solopreneur. I eventually want to grow into having the team, but right now I'm not at that point yet because solopreneurs are so overwhelmed. They have got to be the CEO, the salesperson, the marketing department, the secretary, the janitor. They got to be everything. And they're so stressed. And so I want them I love solopreneurs because I'm like, there's a better way. Even if you can't afford someone else right now, there's a better way than you running yourself into the early grave. Oh, Mark, by the way, I've got the software package you'd really ought to be, you'd be interested in. Also, and there's a new online platform. It seems like you're always getting bombarded with, you know, new things that come up and it's not even shiny object syndrome anymore. It's just kind of object incoming syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's true because as a matter of fact, I just made a short video, you know, because short videos are the rage, you know, they, no one wants anything but short videos. And uh, the video said, you know, what I get asked this question all the time. What is the perfect calendar app? What is the perfect to-do list app? What is the perfect notes app? What is this, the perfect productivity app? And I'm like the one you're going to use. Seriously, I mean, don't worry about what's hot. Don't worry about what's trending. Don't worry about the pretty colors or the logo. Which one are you going to use? And it's going to be different for everyone because so many people, they come to me and they go, oh, he's Mr. Productivity. Surely he knows what the best productivity apps are. I'm like, I don't know you. I know what works for me. And you, Greg, know what works for you. But for me to say, oh, you got to use calendar app A and to-do list app B and notes app C, I think that would be unfair to the person listening to this conversation or from me telling them from the stage or on my own podcast, you got to figure out what you, and before you figure out what app you need to figure out what you need it to do for you. See, a lot of people, they just go right to the app store and they type in calendar and they just scroll. That's a pretty app and they download it. But maybe if you take a couple minutes ahead and go, what do I need this app to do for me? And then go look, but we don't do that. We go to the app store first and we're actually putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Shoot first, aim later. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So how did you kind of niche down and focus on helping people conquer overwhelm? Why not just productivity in general? You know, what's interesting is I took a course that I got vetted through my wife. I took a course. It was all about clarity. And listening to the words your prospects use. And not a single one of my clients has ever come to me and says, Mark, I want to be more productive. What they kept saying is, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed with my to-do list and my calendar. And I'm just, I don't have enough time in the day. And I said, isn't that interesting? They're not saying they want to be more productive. They want to get out from under the weight of overwhelm. So I teach the same things in my courses and my membership. It's the same thing. I just don't talk about productivity. I talk about overwhelm. So I change my tagline. I help people go from feeling overwhelmed and stressed out to feeling peace and joy. Now I teach the same concepts, but if I tell you like, this is really a true story. My wife and I were coming back from seeing my parents before my mom died and I was in the car with the Uber driver. And she goes, what do you do? I said, productivity expert. She just goes, oh, and that was the end of the conversation. But had I said, I help people go from overwhelmed and stressed to feeling peace and joy. Now she probably would have gone, oh, really? Tell me more about that. So I'm learning. I'm an everyday student. I'm learning to speak the language of people who need my help. No one is going to come to me and say, 
oh, can you help me be more productive? They don't. Productivity nerds like myself talk like that, but the average human being doesn't talk like that. Yeah, I can understand that. So what are some of the common problems, common symptoms associated with overwhelm that you're seeing, and how can you fix those or help people to fix those? The number one thing I see with people who are overwhelmed is they're trying to do too much. They're just going. And I have a guide that we can tell people how to get at the end of the show. But the first thing I tell people to do is stop because it sounds counterintelligent, but if you, that's the wrong word, I can't think of the right word. Counter counterintuitive. Thank you. I, the word wasn't there. So what happens is you want to keep on going when things, when the car is going off the rails or your, or the car start running the gas, you want to push the gas to go as far as you can. But what happens when you stop, I mean, literally stop, get up from your computer, get off the zoom call, go outside, get some fresh air and just don't think about anything. Don't be on your phone and just stop. Your brain goes, <sighs> And the brain goes, okay, now I can sort everything. And it only takes like five minutes. The problem is we keep going and going and going. And we think we're accomplishing something. But what we're actually doing is we're actually causing our brain to start to, to really break down on us. And so the number one thing I tell people is you got to stop. And it's it, you don't want to stop. But you have to stop. And so if you don't stop, if you keep going, you're going to have physical issues. You're going to have mental issues because you have the stress and the overwhelm. And this is, it just builds on each other. It's just think about the negative version of compound interest. It just grows and grows because you think, oh, if I just keep pushing to finish this project, I'll feel better. No, you won't. You'll get done and you'll feel horrible, absolutely horrible because you had all this stuff just keep piling on. But if people don't want to do that, they just think, well, if I'm not doing anything, I'm not being productive. I said, no, that's not true. When you're resting, even for five minutes, you're allowing your brain to catch up. Yeah, I've heard a lot of other people say that they get their best ideas when they take a break, they go on vacation, they step away. There's always the an old anecdote about people coming up with the million dollar idea in the shower. Yep. My shower, unfortunately, does not work that way. But I don't have that knob. Well, one of the things I've begun doing, I'm a daily runner. I've been running every day at least one mile since August 29, 2017. And one of the things I start doing now is I run naked once a week. Now, that doesn't mean I go without clothes. It means you go without headphones. So no podcast, no audiobooks, no music. And what I find on those days I run naked, uh, number one, the birds actually chirp and the wind makes a sound when it goes between, you know, through the leaves. But I actually, because I'm on autopilot running, you know, I'm not thinking about one foot in front of the other. My brain could just go, wow. And I get a lot of great ideas, which is a disadvantage because I have nothing to write with. So what I do is I get, I take, a, I'm a one, I'm a run walker. So like I run a mile and I walk for a 10th of a mile. And so hopefully by the time I get to my walk break, I'll remember to, you know, get on my Apple watch and say, Hey, you know, make a note or something like that. But yeah, in the shower, just going out in the backyard and not being on your phone and not talking to anyone, just sitting quietly your brain will give you some, your ideas are already there, but the problem is you're so busy. You can't, the ideas can't get through. So just getting silent. And I know we live in a 24, seven, 365 world. Everything's always on. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when, 
you know, midnight, the national anthem played and TV stations went off. There's only four TV stations. And I remember when there's only ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS. So this is before Fox. That's how old I am. I'm 57. And I remember that. Now you can watch something any hour of the day. You can binge watch shows and literally waste your life. So, yeah. Yeah. We're roughly the same age. So it seems like we've made improvements, but it really hasn't improved the quality of life. It's just made things happen at an exponentially faster rate. Yeah. And FOMO is real. FOMO, people are so scared of missing something. I've got to check TikTok. I got to check Instagram. I got to check LinkedIn. I'm like, I grew up when there was no cell phones, when no one had a computer in their home. I remember that. And, you know, you either watch the evening news, you get the morning paper. But now, if, God forbid, a plane crashes at 12.04, we want pictures and video at 12.05. It's like, really? I mean, we, and FOMO is so debilitating because you're not doing what you need to do to build your business or your brand or promote your cause. You're so sucked into the world of social media because you want to know what everyone does on this planet 24, seven, 365. I'm like, what kind of life is that? Yeah, exactly. Now I think that maybe at some point in human history, having more information was a good thing, but I think we've almost reached peak information saturation and we're not focusing on the really important stuff. Oh, what are the Kardashians doing? <laughs> exactly. It, it's, we have so much information that even if the information stopped right now and you were born today and you live to a hundred, you couldn't consume everything that's on the internet. So what I encourage people to do is you, like, I have the saying, stay informed, not obsessed. Okay, so you should know, oh, COVID, what's COVID? You should know what COVID is, okay? You should know what climate change is, but you shouldn't know about everything that happened with those two topics, okay? You need to figure out how you can serve the world. I love how Steve Jobs said, we all need to put a dent in the universe. And so I challenge the listener, how are you denting? The, you can promise you, if you're watching everything the Kardashians are doing, you're not making a dent, okay? What are you doing that is going to make a dent? Steve Jobs created Apple. What are you doing? And a lot of people, they pick up their phones like, oh, yeah, I'm making a dent in the universe. You're on your phone. And speaking of phones, one of the things, I'll just go into this. It's, I hope it's okay. When mm -hmm. I'm with somebody, if you pick up your phone, I stop talking. Like, those go ahead. I'm like, no, you're focused on your device. When you put your device down, then I'll talk to you. So when I have a conversation with the people, I don't have my device. It's in my pocket. I Again, that's FOMO. Why are you on your phone? You and I are talking face-to-face. -face. What's so important on your phone? Oh, I got to check the score. Why? You own the team? Like, wait, <laughs> Do you own the team? Like, why are you checking the score? It doesn't matter. I mean, if it's that important to you, why did you want to have a conversation with me? And I think more and more people should do this. How many times have you been in the restaurant, Greg, and there's two people sitting across the table, and they're, they're on their phones like, really yeah, why don't you why don't you just yeah just get separate booths then and text each other i mean i don't get it <laughs> going back to what you had just said you really ought to trademark some of those you know making a dent in the universe and also stay informed not obsessed i believe that yeah be well that's that one's mine the debt in the universe is steve Jobs, so i can't uh, they, he said that and he's passed away but yeah so I, i'm not gonna trademark it 
<laughs> Very true. I might get some pushback from Tim Cook and Apple. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I also tell people, you know, tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. And that means plan. A lot of people go, well, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. I mean, here's the thing. If you don't tell your time where to go, you're going to spend all day on TikTok tomorrow. Yeah. That's the truth. And so even if your plan is not correct, just put something there. And like another one I have is complexity is a gateway to procrastination. I'm a guy. Keep things as simple as possible. I know that if something is complex, you're going to like, I'll do it later and you'll never get to it. So break things down as simple as you can. So, yeah, I don't know if I'll trademark it, but I do say those things an awful lot. Okay. I was going to ask you about two or three tips that you could provide to combat overwhelm and productivity, but the two of them you, you mentioned plan and keep it simple, stupid, basically. Yeah. All right. Any others that you care to share? Well, I'm a big fan of moving. So not moving your house. I mean, moving. Oh, so, I'm about to say, no. my mother, she, like I said, she passed away from Alzheimer's in June, 2022. And she had a four year battle with Alzheimer's and to see my mom go from a super energetic person. She was only 78, very young. Wow. And in the early onset of her disease, I got to talk to some of her doctors and then her mother died of Alzheimer's and my mom died of Alzheimer's. And I'm like, uh, okay, what's my future? And I went to the, doctor i say hey, you know i run every day and i said is there anything i can do to mitigate you know getting alzheimer's and he said yeah there is actually there's no guarantees but there's certain things you can do you're running that's good because what happens is we can become older we become sanitary which means our blood vessels in our head calcify and that's what they think leads to alzheimer's and dementia he says also be careful what you eat you can still go to mcdonald's but not McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then having cupcakes and ice cream and candy and stuff like that. Once in a while, it's okay. He says, so diet, exercise, getting enough sleep, seven to nine hours of sleep every day, just staying active. Like I'm desperately trying to learn French, you know, learn things, read books outside your comfort zone. Anything you can do to keep your brain active, you're going to mitigate your chances of getting Alzheimer's or dementia. Now, there's no guarantees. I understand that every time I say that, people say, well, that's not true. First of all, a doctor, an Alzheimer's specialist doctor told me this, and he also said there's no guarantees, but there's no cure for Alzheimer's, but there's a lot you can do before you get it. And I'm like, if I have even a 1% chance of mitigating getting Alzheimer's, if I diet, exercise, and sleep, then I'm going to do it. I mean, why not? I mean, you we should be taking care of ourselves anyways. Not only that, but when you take care of yourself, you have more energy, which means you get more stuff done. So this all works together. So like when I'm coaching people, one of the things we talk about is health and wellness. So like health and wellness, I thought this is about productivity. I'm like, well, how productive can you be if you're 400 pounds? And they're like, oh, yeah. So we have to get you the energy so you get the things done. See, everybody wants to skip to the planning. How do I plan? How do I get a lot of stuff done? I'm like, well, we got a lot of things before that. That's the final stage. It's like, you know, with Tom Brady in the NFL, you know, he, he still goes to training camp. He still throws passes. He doesn't just say, I'm just going to sit here and binge watch Netflix and eat cupcakes and ho-hos. And then, oh, game starting in five minutes and walk on the field. He prepares. And so there's things you have to do. And it's all common sense, Greg. It's all common sense. I mean, you know that you probably shouldn't be having 
caffeine at right before bed. You know, you shouldn't have, you know, a half a cake before bed. It's all common sense, but sometimes you need someone else to tell you, Hey, that may not be a good idea. I've had people tell me, I'll get by, get by in four hours sleep. Now there is a very small sliver of the population out of 8 billion people that can get four hours sleep. Most people need seven to nine hours of sleep because when you're sleeping, your brain is working very hard to purge all the toxic chemicals out of your brain. The brain actually shrinks during the night and it flushes the brain, you know, the outer layer of the brain. That's really important. That's how we were created. So don't say, oh, sleep when I'm dead, because if you don't take care of yourself, you may be dead a lot sooner than you think. Yeah. I found that out last year. I had heart bypass surgery and I've had to make a bunch of changes and still trying to increase more exercise. I can't run now. Not that I was running before, but (laughs) (laughs) so I just read an article before we got on the show, the lady from it's a wonderful life. The Ruth Bailey just died. Ruth Dagan Bailey. Yeah. 97 years old. Now, dear listener, if you want to live to 97 years old, you got to take care of yourself. I guarantee you she wasn't, you know, drinking a case of beer and smoking cigarettes and all that. I'm sure she took reasonably good care of herself. So if you want to live a long life, you know, unless you get hit by a truck or something falls out of the sky or something like that, a lot of it's within your control. And tell people, you got to follow people who are where you want to be. So if you're having trouble with your marriage. Don't go to someone who's been divorced three times. If you want to get in shape, don't go to someone who weighs 500 pounds. Where do you want to go? The guy I follow is Grant Cardone. He's where I want to be. I'm not going to follow. You know, I get pitched all the time on social media. I can take you to the next level. I'm like, really? I had one person that said, I can grow your Instagram profile. I'm like, really? I have like 550 followers and you have 300. Here's a clue. <laughs> if you're an Instagram expert, you should have more followers than I do. I'm just saying. So it's, I'm a, I come from the school of common sense, Greg. Okay. I believe that a lot of success in life is common sense. I never took up smoking. And now I think if it smelled wonderful, if cigarette smoke smelled like, I don't know, chocolate or roses, I may have taken up smoking. But the first time someone goes, you want to smell, you want to take a drag on the cigarette and I smell them like, no, that's disgusting. And I also don't drink. The reason why I don't drink is because I don't like the taste of alcohol. So I don't drink wine or beer. I don't like it. I think that's a blessing in disguise because now when I go to parties or networking events, I just have water and people go, you don't drink. I'm like, yeah, I'm drinking water. That's you don't drink alcohol. I choose not to drink alcohol. And I just encourage people to figure out what small change you can do starting today that is going to help you become healthier. Don't try to don't try to change everything. What small thing? Maybe you have caffeine all the way up until eight o'clock. Well, I recommend people cut caffeine off no later than three o'clock or six hours before bed. So in my case, I go to bed at nine. So no caffeine for me after three. I actually try to back it up to two o'clock. Simple thing. Are you drinking half your weight in ounces of water every day? I start every day with a completely organic smoothie, you know, bananas and flax seeds and blueberries. I get those nutrients pumped into my body. There's little things you can do to start changing the trajectory of your life. But just thinking about it or just listening to this podcast, that's not going to do it. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. Yeah. I am living proof that you can work in IT and not use caffeine. (laughs) Good for you. 
a lot of last year, I don't remember. I was asleep. It was rough getting through it, but I don't want to go back. And I imagine I'm getting trace amounts and stuff. I don't drink soft drinks anymore. So I've cut that out. I'm trying to eat more whole foods. So how long were you in the hospital? About six days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you feel like a truck hit you? Oh yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. They split you open and it was the one thing they gave me a book to read about it. And I was like, well, it's going to happen anyway. I'm really don't want to find out about this. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Here's what we're going to do to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I'd read it, I probably wouldn't have uh, gone through with the surgery. I was considering, you know, running away from the hospital because they, they did a procedure one night or one day. And then they're like, well, your LAD, which is the widow maker is a hundred percent blocked. I'd grown bypasses, but they weren't effective enough. And they said, well, we're going to do surgery the next day. And I'm thinking, well, I could leave. I could get out, but where am I going to go that I'm not taking me? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's the point. And when I see people that, you know, I sometimes I see younger kids look at like older people who are like have problems or with walkers and wheelchairs or canes. I'm like, man, look at these people, man. It sucks to be them. I'm like. And how do you think they got to be that way? You think it was just like one day they had a cupcake and they got like that. And I tell these younger people, I said, look at that started because they made mistakes earlier in their life. You're out there, you know, completely doing whatever you want to do, having a grand old time, eating and drinking whatever you want. You I know, wouldn't have that great of a time now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about a lot of people this day and age. We seem to be back in the 60s. It's like whatever you want to do it. But the one thing you can't lie to you is your body. You could say, oh, this stuff's all fine, but your body's going, "Ah, no, it's not. We're having difficulties. I have someone I'm really close to that, you know, they're a raging alcoholic and they've been in rehab like eight or nine times and their kidneys are just like, we're done. Is it the kidney or the liver for the alcoholic? Is it liver? Yeah, it's a liver, right? Okay. I think it's a liver and whatever, is it the kidney or liver or both, whatever. It just said, we're done. We're done. You've abused us so long we're done. And and we just assume that our heart's always going to be there. We're always going to be able to walk. We're always going to have mental clarity. No, if we abuse our bodies, eventually it is going to give out. That's just the way it is. These, we are not like the robot from what's that show where Skynet, not Transformers, uh, the show with the Skynet, the King Terminator. Yeah. It's just like that. Okay. And we, that's not how our lives are. We can abuse our body. I know people, you know, there's an opioid crisis in our country right now. People get hooked on this. They get hooked on fentanyl because they want to get high because they're not having a good life because they didn't take care of themselves or not doing what they love to do, which is something else I tell people, do what you love to do and you'll be productive. Happy people are more productive. Uh, Healthy people are more productive. But the problem is people... I'm just going to go out and party. I'm going to take one hit of fentanyl. Then they're dead at 22 years old because they think they're invincible. We are not invincible. We are not machines. If you don't take care of your body, this is based on, you know, thousands of people who are much smarter than I am. And you, you got to take care of your body. Your body will bend every once in a while and let you get away with something. But if you continue to abuse it, it will not be happy and it will break down. And then when your body breaks down to the point of death, then it's game over. Yeah. 
Most people want to see Jesus. They just don't want to see him today. <laughs> I love that. hundred percent. Yeah. What do you think that solopreneurs should be focusing on right now? And you probably just said it with health, but I'm going to let you clarify. Well, well, that's interesting. You said clarify, because I think people need to get clarity. A lot of people don't have any clarity. They just go, well, I want to be an entrepreneur and yeah, I want to make a lot of money. Okay. Okay. That's not being clear. What do you want to do? Who's your target market? What products do you want to have? What are your passions? Like I can be on an audio podcast. I can be on a video podcast. I can write a blog post. I can go live. You know, what are your talents? And most people are just trying to live life in the moment and you should be present, but you got to have some plan. And I believe everyone is called on this planet to do something. I love how Kathy Lee Gifford says, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Most people don't know what their purpose is, but you got to figure out what lights you up. And you know what lights you up. I wake up every morning excited. If you wake up and you're like, morning already. Oh, I hate my job. Okay. Well, something, I promise you, something lights you up. And I'm not talking about the drugs or the alcohol, the parties or the games. Something lights you up. Maybe that's helping people. Maybe that's, you know, writing, whatever. You need to find out what that thing lights you up and then start figuring out a way to spend a lot of time doing that. And eventually when you get really good at it, then you quit your job and you start doing that. James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits. He started by writing a blog post every day. Then twice and three times a week. That's how he started getting all the followers. Then he decided to write a book. So he took his passion and started doing with it. I had a a number of years ago, I had someone who said, you know, I really want to be a coder. Like, that's great. So how many hours a day do you spend coding? Oh, I don't code. I'm like, wait, you know, all these kids out there, all they do is code. All they do is code. They get with their friends and they just code. You're not coding at all. And I'm like, I think you're just chasing the money because if you want to code, you are coding without getting paid for it. You're going to your friend's house and you're just coding together. And she wasn't doing anything. I'm like, well, I don't think you want to be a coder. Yeah. I'm a runner. I run, Greg. I don't say I'm a runner. Do you run? Oh, I don't run. I just, I got nice shoes. <laughs> I actually run. I'm a podcaster. I have nearly 1200 episodes of my podcast. I'm a podcaster. You can't think about, I am such and such. You have to go do it. Like you're a podcaster, you have a podcast. And so many people are just, they're entering the world of wishful thinking. So for the entrepreneurs and the solopreneurs, I I don't want to hear what you want to do. I want to know what you're doing. I'd rather hear you saying, you know what? I started the podcast and one person listens to it. It's my mom. Okay. That's better than you not starting it. Cause guess what? Everyone starts out with one listener usually mom, and then you work on building your audience. Same with email, same with social media. I don't want to hear what you're, someday I'm going to, what are you doing? And if you're in a career, Mr. or Mrs. Solo or entrepreneur, and you hate it, why are you still doing it? Maybe you should try to do something else that lights you up. I think because we only get one life, we should do stuff that lights us up, that gets excited every day. Even if you're sick, you want to do this thing. I mean, I wake up every day and I'm always, I'm working on my business seven days a week because I love it. It's not a job. I love what I'm doing. The entrepreneur, solopreneur listening to this needs to figure out what that is. Don't chase the money. Don't chase the fame. You're not going to be the Kardashians. Okay. 
You need to figure out what lights you up. What gets you excited every day? When you find that, you will be the most productive version you've ever been of your life. Okay. Now, we know what your number one skill is. It's going to be productivity, or at least that's my interpretation of it. But what's your number one weakness? Patience. Oh, I hate lines. When someone signs up to be on my show and they show up late, I only wait five minutes now. I used to wait 15 minutes. I just, I'm so impatient. You know, the microwave sometimes isn't fast enough for me. You know, I'm my, my wife is one of the most patient people and I'm one of the most impatient people. I'm like, let's go, let's go. I'm like, if I was ever president and I would never run for president, but if I was ever president, you better believe that those press conferences, if I said it's going to be at three o'clock, I will walk out on before the podium at three o'clock. I don't care if nuke of the war started. I'm a man of my word and I'm, I hate being late. And to me, when you are telling someone you're going to meet him at the restaurant that breakfast with at seven o'clock, you better be there by 10 to seven. That's on time. Being on time is late in my opinion. So my weakness is my impatience. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What's been the most difficult part of being Mr. Productivity? Humbling myself to realize I don't have all the answers. I don't have every productivity strategy, hack, or tip. I'm still a student of productivity. I'm constantly learning. But sometimes I got to remind myself, hey, you know what? You don't know everything. Tim Ferriss doesn't know everything. James Clear doesn't know everything. And the most successful people are constantly learning. So I got to keep in my mind that I'm a work in progress. Yeah, aren't we all? Let's get ready to wrap this up. What final words of wisdom would you like to share? I want people to live their life, not your employer's life, not your spouse's life, not your parents' life, not your neighbor's life, not your best friend's life. Live your life. We have a family dentist. He went through meta, he went to school, mechanical engineering, graduated with honors. And he realized I didn't want to be a mechanical engineer. He went back to school, graduated dental school with honors. And now he's a dentist. That's a really expensive lesson. But again, you get one life. So do what you love to do. That's so important. If you can nail that down, if you can figure out what that is, you will be so happy. And as a result, you'll get so much stuff done. Okay. Now, what's the best way for people to check you out and get in touch with you, Mark? Well, I want people to go over to my website, overwhelmsucks.com. Yes, you did hear that right. Overwhelmsucks.com. That'll take Is you to a page S-U-X on my website. Or S-U-C-K-S? S-U-C-K-S. Didn't even think about the other one until just now. <laughs> so when you go to overwhelmsucks.com, you can sign up to get my free guide, 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm. I know the last thing you want to do when you're overwhelmed is read a 97 page report. So you just go there, name an email address, and I'll send you an email with the guide in there. And I don't want you just to get the guide. I don't want you just to get the guide and read it. I want you to get the guide, read it and implement it. And I made it really simple. The book really simple. So it's like tip one, tip two, tip three, tip four. I want you to take action because if you can learn to conquer overwhelm, you're going to be more productive. Now, once you get the guide, you'll have access to my website. My website's mrproductivity.com, but I really want people to go to overwhelmsucks.com to get the free guide. It's my gift to them. And I really want people to stop having all this overwhelm because overwhelm is not doing you any good. There's no benefit to being overwhelmed. Amen. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, Mark, for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Thank you for having me.
Check out the newly redesigned Entrepreneurs Over 40 website at www.entrepreneursover40.com. While you're there, sign up to get updates from us. Also, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss any other episodes. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.